Okay. Hello and welcome to the Daily Lawyer Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jenna Krishnan. I am your host. And today is uh, another episode in our ILA Dialogue series. So this is an episode in collaboration with International Legal Alliance or ILA. And as many of you know, ILA is uh, this phenomenal network of independent legal practitioners and lawyers uh, who have come together on a best friend basis to provide really effective solutions to clients. And ILA has this amazing network of lawyers and I feel so privileged uh, to be given this opportunity to feature each one of them. And today I have one such amazing lawyer. Today we have with us Rashna Jehani. Hi, Rashna. Hey. <laughs> Rashna is uh, the associate partner at ZMC Law Practices. And uh, she has not, I mean, she's a lawyer, of course, from Bombay, but she has not one, but two master's degrees. One, of course, she's an, uh, she has an LLM degree from Columbia Law School. So yay, Rashna. And, yay, uh, shout out. Yes. And she has an MBA, which I thought is amazingly interesting. She did it from SPJN and I believe you did the global management uh, program, right? So you've, that's right. From you've the actually, global management yeah. School. So you've gone to those three different cities and, you know, it, uh, yeah, actually, we were taken to Dubai for a particular uh, global immersion program. So that huh. was like a that was like a good experience where we had yeah. to go there for a week. I'll be happy to talk about it. Yeah, in the, in the yeah because I, I found it when I when I met you and you told me about that. I thought it was right. such a smart thing to do for a lawyer, honestly, because uh, one of my experiences with lawyers is that we don't understand business. And that's a fact. We, we understand you know, like the law and all of that things that we are trained for, but we don't understand business. And as the world goes ahead, uh, everything is getting interlinked and it's extraordinarily important for lawyers to understand business today. Uh, only then we can give effective solutions. So I think you have done the absolute best thing in getting trained also to understand business. I, I would love to talk to you about that. But before we okay. get to that, I wanted to dial back and ask you <sighs> your journey. How did you get here, Rashna? Sure. Uh, firstly, a big thank you for uh, for letting me be a part of this amazing podcast um, and, you know, everything that you sort of do uh, here. Um, I've been a big my, fan. It's my pleasure. Uh, I'm uh, so happy. I, you made my day. I just told you before we started recording that you made my day. So I'm really happy. But no, honestly, yeah. I mean, we're all like, I have been, you know, following um, your podcast. I've been listening to them. And I think they're very interesting. They're very, uh, they're very educative as well, because not every lawyer also for that matter would know a lot about uh, you know each and every practice area so like the immigration one which i mentioned was great uh, so thank yeah so kind it up really and um, yeah i think i think we also have a lot of commonalities with the whole colombia thing happening it was so nice to know uh, yeah that you know the colombia alumni thing uh, connection works as well for us i guess and uh, yeah, just looking forward to having a great uh, conversation right now and uh, then taking it forward from there. So in terms of my journey, I would um, I would say, you know, I'll, I'll sort of, there are different facets to this. So would be happy to just walk you through that as well. Starting with um, the, you know, it's basically like the faith uh, which I follow, which is actually Zoroastrianism, uh, which I'm very fortunate to have been born into. Uh, we believe in the ideas of good thoughts, good words, and good deeds. Yeah. It's read that these words were actually inscribed on the first bill of human rights. 
uh and the first bill of human rights was for me something uh, which was a, which was symbolic to encouraging equality freedom your civil liberties and this through my studies um i realized that it was the legal profession which actually allowed or had that means to positively implement these ideals into doing something productive and constructive so that was like one thing for me which sort of connected the dots and made me uh, drive drive me more towards the legal profession i would say uh thereafter i was also introduced to the tenets of theosophy uh theosophy also believes a lot in your karma social improvement universal brotherhood and that sort of also propelled me to again drive my learnings not towards the end but towards the means of achieving the end so when i say achieving the i mean when i say uh, learnings i mean it was more about the takeaways that you get during the course of what you're learning as opposed to say the final marks or the grades or you know the end result uh, that was mainly the distinction That's and uh, yeah. i have never thought of it this way it's lovely thank you so much yeah and also it's like hailing from a very academically inclined background so parents have always been very encouraging towards you know studying learning and not only just sort of learning sort of mugging etc but learning with a purpose and what exactly is this purpose the purpose is to basically question something that you feel may not be how you have perceived it to be or how you feel it should be so that encouragement was always there for me in the sense to ask why is it what it is and i feel it was through that questioning that i was able to learn more than probably you know the final end of it etc so that was again something uh, from a, on a more personal front uh, my mom and my maternal uncle they both actually hold law degrees neither practice uh, mom's uh, mom has been a banker um, uncle was a cfo so he, they of course accounts etc finance but it was like you know whatever um, their take were on say the current state of affairs their discussions through uh, the family meetings etc that we used to have their analysis of problems uh, all of that made me feel that okay you know maybe they are applying what they have learned uh, or what what their takeaways were through the through the law uh, which is where i felt okay maybe i can also consider sort of studying law and then seeing how how that goes so along with that i also did like the summer internship at dojodi associates where in um, again great experience uh, learned a lot uh, and i think that was what sealed the deal for me in which in terms of you know i was like okay now this is definitely something i would want to uh, pursue because i was also passionate about writing so um i like to sort of craft things as per my understanding of what they are what the facts are things like that and of course through the course of the internship i did get to assist a little bit um on the drafting front so that's where i realized that you know if sort of abstractly what i like to do my passion is this and i like to write why not club all of this together and you know in, in summation end up taking up something which actually lets you uh, pursue what you like to do so that's where i i decided to become a lawyer but that's <laughs> uh, a very nice way like we've had i mean since you've heard the podcast you had this range of answers to this question uh, the majority being that i became a lawyer by the process of elimination right you are among the few people who have actually you have a very clear Uh, yeah. in in a sense yours was also a process of elimination in the sense that you figured out what you're good at or what you're not or what you don't want to do and all of that but it was really very well thought out and i loved the way you articulated it 
thank you so much yeah but yeah genuinely it was sort of in in a way a chronology also which happened sort of the ideation was where i mentioned it was about the faith and the realization of the ideas and then seeking that into what i actually read then you know even the family etc so it was i guess a summation of all which which made me pursue this <laughs> and and how did you land up as a partner or as an associate <laughs> partner today you know at this law sure. firm which has been around for a while now in different forms but it has been around for a while absolutely absolutely uh right so you know the journey of jana has been very fulfilling i would say uh i am very grateful actually for the fact that i again got to learn a lot uh, in this journey and the learnings have been mainly uh, with relation to the variedness of the work i would say so you know during this journey i've had a chance to work on multiple different kinds of matters so this would be like starting with your mergers acquisitions uh, private equity transactions project finance deals lending transactions including representing like a global manufacturer in an arbitration uh, matter which of course you have the expertise in and uh, i would say even the representation has been for a different kinds of stakeholders so there was at one point a fund there was an investor on the other hand say there was a company on the other hand say there were lenders or a consortium of lenders who we represented so then accordingly learning understanding what their interests are and representing those has also been very sort of fascinating and learning and a learning for me and during the course of these representations also what has happened is i have been very fortunate to learn these different aspects or different kinds of laws because you get to learn company law you get to learn contract law you have your banking laws different finance laws so i feel all of this has in turn helped me a lot to shape me as a lawyer uh not just who knows a specific kind of law but who's able to actually understand what the needs and wants are of these different stakeholders and to be able to contribute then um hopefully effectively <laughs> i would say oh i'm sure and yeah. Uh, yeah i have met you a couple of times so i can i think with with some amount of confidence say that <laughs> maybe true uh, but you. you have alluded to this in your answer but i just wanted to clarify for the general public uh for someone who knows nothing about what you do uh how would you explain what is it that you do to somebody like this sure sure okay uh so let me start um corporate lawyer we basically advise companies in relation to commercial laws on the legal front uh so this would be again in respect of uh, matters which are in your private mna space private equity uh joint ventures anything to do with commercial partnerships corporate reorganizations of a company uh my scope of work has like i mentioned seen me working on say a private equity matter wherein an investor uh who's a fund wants to put in x amount of money in a company or say there are two companies who want to enter into a joint venture or uh, say there is an infrastructure project which another special purpose vehicle or a company which has been set up specifically to undertake that project uh, wants to undertake so we represent that company uh, say there's another company which wants to take on loan or there is a financing transaction so we've represented those companies as well as the financial uh, institutions 
in relation to those transactions as well. Um, we also now, with the whole advent of digitization, and as we're seeing that the startup boom is there, we work hand in hand with startups and small and medium enterprises as well throughout their life cycle. So when we say life cycle, what we mean is we start with advising them in relation to their formation, their structuring, what will be the best kind of entity that they should be incorporating for themselves. Also thereafter, we then help them incorporate the same. We then move on to advising them on the structuring of their deal, whether that is the best thing, whether it's equity, what is the best way of getting the funding for themselves. Um, then once that is sort of decided, we help them finalize or document that particular understanding that could be in the form of your different kinds of transaction documents, your share purchase, your share subscription, your shareholders. Um, if it's debt, then the equivalent of those. And we also then help them in terms of complying with the regulatory requirements that could be on your labor front, that could be as related to your environment, your intellectual property, etc. So, yeah, on yeah, the so whole, this is what yeah, largely answer. answer. Uh, okay. I just want to clarify a few things for people who may not understand when you say that you represent, uh, you know, um, companies, corporates in uh, for uh, the, the bigger corporates for like infrastructure projects and things like that what you you do their documentation for them i'm presuming it yeah. means like yeah you do you do their documentation you advise them on strategy uh, yeah. and essentially you advise them on their risks and figure out ways to create a structure so their their risk is minimized absolutely absolutely so risk is the fundamental thing yes. that you know we try to we try to mitigate uh, to the extent possible and uh, how is it that if at all there were a risk situation or if at all there were a consequence of that, how is it that the liability of that would be addressed or faced is also something that we try and capture through, of course, our very well-known indemnity clauses yeah. that we all yeah. day, day out uh, yeah. work towards. Yeah. So, so uh, the reason why I was only clarifying is because I was given this feedback that, you know, when we speak, we sure. speak lawyer lingo and we don't really mm -hmm. think of uh, yeah, the non-lawyers, the non they're like, uh, after some time, you're just like talking like as if you're in a dinner meeting and, you know, you, you realize that there are other people listening. Absolutely, so absolutely. No, no, happy to clarify more yeah. things was needed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think sometimes we don't even realize that we're using, you know, because it sounds like English, no, to us. That, <laughs> it doesn't sound like we're using some different terms. It's not, it's not. Yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, now, because the series is called ILA Dialogues, I just wanted to check. Uh, I know the ILA, I know about the ILA, you, you know about the ILA, but I want to know how did you get associated with ILA? What do you think of ILA? Um, how is, how has this collaboration been? What do you, you know, how, sure. how? Sure. Yeah, how do yeah. you handle it rather? Absolutely, absolutely. No, I think uh, I've, I think I, I rather know for that matter that I've been very fortunate uh, to have been introduced to, you know, ILA through uh, my working partner, Mr. Merzi Chinoy. I'm very grateful to him for this for this particular uh, introduction that he that he made for me, that he did for me. Uh, he, in fact, actually put me with. Um, one of our other legal stalwarts, Mr. Jamshit Mistry, of course, who is the pioneer of ILA. And uh, he's ever willing to, you know, help you, support you in whichever capacity possible. So I'm very thankful to him also uh, for this. And uh, I feel ILA at this point is one of the broadest and also quality-wise 
a very good platform uh, for lawyers to collaborate. And here we're talking about professionals uh, across different diverse practice areas. So, you know, for all of them, or for all of us rather, to, to be able to come together and collaborate on matters, which are at times, of course, cross-border transactions, uh, when we talk about different jurisdictions. But even when we're sort of talking about the same jurisdiction on a domestic level, there could be areas of... Um, you know, law, which are very niche. So we're talking about tax, we're talking about intellectual property, we're talking about, say, a commercial or a contract related matter. So that is where I feel that, uh, you know, the expertise of all of us uh, to be able to come together and deliver the mandate um, in the most productive way uh, works. And that's where I think ILA is, is doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And I think we, you know, we grew up, I think all of us, you and me, I mean, we are part of the same generation. We grew up in the age of competition. I think, you know, it was always the rat race who comes first, who's not, whose name comes on the board and all of that. But I think the next 30 years is truly the age of collaboration. And I'm so happy that there are um, platforms like the ILA and others as well, who are all doing very good work, but uh, getting everyone together with a solution oriented mindset so that people or your clients or litigants or whoever they get an answer no that's that's completely true i i i couldn't agree more because even from i would say the cost point of view now since you know i've done the mba and i understand the cost a little the overheads for that matter actually reduce because now you are sort of doing what you do the best in terms of your expertise and at the same time collaborating with somebody who has an expertise in their area of uh, practice and giving out the product, which would ideally be of the same level if you were to do the entire work yourself, because at the end of the day, you're collaborating with somebody who's good at it as well, without having to maybe pay that much more to actually do it on a day in and day out basis. So I think this is a yeah. great, great That's platform. Because you mentioned the MBA, it's like a really good segue into the next question that I have, which is about LLM, because you know there, are, there have been people who've been very confused, especially nowadays, Mm-hmm. Uh, when we went to do our LLMs, it was much easier, I think. Sure. Easier in the sense that at least there was some hope that we'll get a job there. I'm not entirely sure that that situation is, it is like that now. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Or, you know, whether we one needs to do an MBA, uh, 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 a master's, whether it's an MBA or an LLM. So uh, can you talk a little bit to young students or young, young graduates about your LLM stroke MBA experience and what do you think in which situations do you think somebody needs to do an LLM, given the fact that now it's like double the cost of what we paid when we went to do sure, because of the dollar sure, uh, price sure, and everything? Sure, sure, sure. I think, uh, yeah, no, this question is is very important, I think, to be addressed um, because like you mentioned, uh, even I wasn't aware of too many lawyers having done MBA. Uh, it was, for me, it was more about the learning. Uh, even after completing my master's at Columbia, um, I still felt that, you know, during the course of the work, etc., that I was doing, I would have ideally liked to understand the commercials a bit better, which, of course, as a lawyer, you will not know because this is not something that they teach you at law schools. So that's where I sort of decided to at least understand what is it that the MBA could offer me and then proceed in terms of pursuing it. Um, Thankfully, when I actually approached the SPGen, they were very welcoming. Uh, They 
they accepted, they appreciated the fact that I come from a background which is probably a little not so conventional because they usually have people from the finance background, marketing, operations. They don't have somebody from the legal uh, you know, background as such who approached them. So even when I did uh, have a word with them before I decided to pursue law to just understand how it would help me, uh, they said it would be a great uh, learning for you. And uh, of course, it was very nice of them to actually offer me a scholarship. So I ended up, uh, yeah, doing this, uh, doing this with uh, SPGen on a diversity scholarship because they said that this was something new for them as well, since uh, they didn't have so many lawyers. And they said I would add that diversity, thank you, to them, to their cohort. Uh, which was actually very true. So I can actually um, even emphasize a little on the whole diversity aspect. Uh, when I was at Columbia, uh, again, the master's there was truly transformative. Uh, it made me, it rounded me, I would say, as a corporate lawyer, uh, because again, the lessons that you learn in terms of the laws um, are brilliant. The way they sort of impart that knowledge is great. Uh, variety in any form is, is, is good. So the diversity out there was more on the level of multi-jurisdictional. So I would say there were uh, students across like six continents, seven continents who, who were there, who were pursuing the master's. So the learnings were definitely beyond the classrooms. Um, on the other hand, SPGen, the diversity was of a different kind, I would say. So when I say different kind, uh, you know, on the first day, the students were actually asked to introduce uh, themselves. And uh, as far as my memory goes, I don't remember even two students saying that they belong to the same, you know, kind of a background in the sense of finance. Yeah. Was like the broader picture, yeah. but the scope of work that each of them undertook was something completely different. And that's where I realized that this was actually a conscious decision on the part of the management to allow students who come from different backgrounds to come together and learn this particular course so that then they can take the learnings and go back um, to, to their respective professions. So I think the diversity uh, aspect is something which has taught me a lot at both of these places uh, in terms of learnings, in terms of the adaptability to the different kinds of situations that you're put into. And uh, it helps you grow immensely, definitely. So I would earnestly suggest, um, you know, people who are considering an MBA, uh, lawyers especially, they should certainly do it because come what may the learnings will certainly happen if that is something that they're looking to um and achieve yeah, yeah. But tell me you know rashna for people now for young students now would right. that they do an llm uh or in what i'll put it this way in what situations or to whom would you recommend that you have to do this the masters whether it's masters in law or masters business administration i doesn't matter but you know no, no, I think I, yeah, sure. I, um, so I think like we discussed even earlier, we're right now in this, you know, in the stage of uh, there being globalization, uh, the economy has been liberalized amazingly, immensely. Um, India is right now being looked at a very good investment hub. Uh, it's, it's looking at as very favorable because the regulators are also, as we know, helping a lot in terms of making it easy for businesses to come in to invest. So right now we are at a stage where as lawyers, I would say we are not just donning the hat of a legal professional, but we have to look at things more holistically, more on a macro level, wherein we should also be able to in some way help clients uh, achieve their business goals, not just by addressing the legal concerns, but trying to see 
see how we can fit into the legal aspect with their commercial uh, goals and aims and that i think can be achieved only if they actually and only if we end up having that kind of commercial awareness ourselves and for us to have that commercial awareness it would be important that you know we undertake these kind of um, continuous knowledge management uh, sessions learnings do an mba learn ourselves equip ourselves with the knowledge so that on a going forward basis we are able to identify what the say short term goals are long term goals are of a client because say for instance a startup will sometimes just come to you with a business idea or a proposal but the long term effect or the implementing ability of that is something you will have to help the client to figure and for you to be right able to contribute to that you yourself need to be equipped with that kind of legal knowledge and then to assess what the strengths weaknesses opportunities threats competition is of that particular client and then of course propose a balanced approach again because sometimes what also happens is legally you may be allowed to do something but if you know or if you're aware of the client's limitations you may not always be able to suggest that or advise that to the client so then that kind of a balance uh, is something you will be able to achieve if you actually end up doing you know a good learned informed Uh, course, I would yeah. say. But agree. you know, this point that you said is so relevant, Rashna, because I was a legal counsel and I know how frustrated I used to get. I also went from a very traditional way of practicing into the legal counsel role, yeah. you know, because I was in the solicitor and all of that. And then you you had to do a lot of unlearning. But then, sure. as you grow in your role, you are dealing with external lawyers and you're getting frustrated because they're not understanding business. So they're giving you solutions and you're telling them my management will not accept this. I cannot take this to my management because it's not practical for me. They don't understand it. So what you told me uh, is, is re- very relevant and also very rare. And I'm, I'm glad that you are, you brought it up in this, in this form. And of course I see how formal education can sort of aid uh, Really, Absolutely. and also because Absolutely. you meet so many people, right? You meet entrepreneurs, you meet business owners. You know, you know how they are thinking, sure. and we traditionally do not, um, we don't really socialize with, you know, business owners. Yeah. We don't socialize with them. We socialize with our law school friends, law school friends, uh, yeah, school friends or whatever. Correct. So, correct. Um, no, I think this what, makes a lot of sense. What, like, from a practical point of view, like you said, you know, you've been, I think, in the shoes of a lawyer as well as, uh, you know, the corporate side, side as a litigant, yeah. which is in fact even more, yeah, yeah, more lawyerish, I would say. So, exactly that that was the point I was trying to drive here that uh, being able to strike that balance between a legal person and a business person is what is important because distilling the business issue is what is what will help you add value to what the client wants out of you and that i think you can do a little more effectively if you are a lawyer who has a little bit more of a commercial background or an understanding yeah. of business yeah good i mean like very comprehensive yeah. answer okay i think i have one uh, last oh. question to round up this section but then there's one more section which is my favorite because uh, you have seen so you have you've seen like a breadth of clients like a wide variety of work um what would you say are maybe three or four mistakes that you see people make non-lawyers um which you know just with a little bit of information or if they had come to uh, or sought legal help or professional help rather at a more primary stage they would not have had maybe those losses uh, those problems you know sure 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 
so uh, like we know you know it's like the as the maxim goes ignorance is law excuses no man so we won't be able to take that as a defense ever that hame pata nahi tha so i think going forward from that particular liner itself uh, i feel as far as possible on a macro level not just say your clients um, any common man if he's just able to keep himself uh, aware of you know what the simple rules are what the rights are i think that will save us a lot of time effort and like you mentioned you know like there would be less of heartbreaks <laughs> uh, so to say so it's like um, i think now a lot of information is available online we have a lot of um, videos we have a lot of these updates which keep coming in in simple language as well so as far as like for instance i remember reading in fact um, one of on your page itself a little bit about wills a little bit about probate and that was very informative and that was sort of it conveyed something in such simple language so it's just about sort of keeping yourself i think updated with with these Uh, small small uh, legal you know rights that you that the constitution that the statutes have actually conferred upon you um also maybe on a uh, going forward level uh, when we talk about clients etc of course uh, there are times where you know i i'm not sure if it's out of laziness or if it's just out of uh, sub theek hai kind of an attitude they sometimes just end up actually signing the dotted line without really reading or paying that much of attention or uh, exercising that detail uh, uh, like diligence rather to that particular uh, draft or document that they are entering into which is where then on a going forward basis uh, yeah the trouble starts or the the issues happen to crop in wherein if at that point of time itself they would have been seen or addressed definitely the consequences could have been reduced or mitigated i would say so awareness is is i think the takeaway here uh, keeping yourself abreast keeping yourself uh, well informed being diligent having that attention to detail at the time of you entering into something uh, at that point of time itself should be uh, should be i think taken care of and also awareness is important because you know we especially as indians we believe like you rightly said sab kuch theek hai mere sath nahi hoga you know we have these attitudes uh, which have no basis at all because Absolutely. it can happen to me it can and then you know once the loss happens then it's uh, somebody told me the other day the process is the punishment unfortunately in True. in the way our judicial system is right now because of the delays and the bureaucratic processes um uh, just getting to what you want after the problem has arisen is the punishment so why why do it so before that exactly, exactly. and especially like you rightly said if it can be done beforehand then it's like prevention is better than cure absolutely so yeah. in this case it just can't be yeah. any better yeah and i'm so sure accessible yeah actually this is a common theme that everybody who's come on the podcast when i ask this question all of them say i wish they come to lawyers at a more primary stage i wish it's like the most common answer because then you you realize actually the public does not realize that you have to come to us at a more primary i don't think they do it purposely i just think that they the we've been painted like these chores in media you know in bollywood movies all the bad people yeah. are lawyers yeah absolutely and in fact it's like because of that little primitive mindset that a lawyer has to be approached only after the problem has occurred needs to 
have a little bit of a rejig because as say corporate lawyers we come into play right at the nascent stage so right at the stage of you even deciding to say marry somebody in the sense on a corporate level we come into play for drafting that document but many a times that realization doesn't happen they end up say trusting or in good faith or however else just loosely drafting a document entering into it and then without realizing what the rights uh, are or what the consequences will be and not thinking it through at that level so then that sort of boomerangs into something unfortunate at a later point of time where of course then litigators have to step in but again that is something which definitely can be avoided like we discussed yeah so um i told you this was the last question but i have one more question for you you know because you mentioned because we discussed a little bit about our, our legal system sure, sure. Uh, and we we both i'm sure can agree that a lot of improvements can we can have a lot of improvements to the legal system what would you say how can us okay at, at the stage that we are in how do you think we can positively contribute to the legal system today absolutely no i i agree uh, there is there is a lot that we can we can change there are in fact many research papers also written um at you know by professors at the university levels who are right now uh, say pitching to the bci also uh, in order to tell them that there is a requirement of you know certain changes that need to be made at the education level as well but uh, of course when we talk about the system the entire legal system level um we discussed that we're living in an era of globalization there's liberalization our roles are no longer just restricted to being sort of strictly lawyers uh the boundaries are blurring so we have to now take up the whole you know aspect of donning multiple hats by collaborating with various stakeholders and what i feel is we can start off uh, you know this at right at the basic level the fundamental level which would be uh, at the you know stage of imparting interdisciplinary courses or uh, education which basically because law at the end of the day is a science which comprises not just of your principles not just of your policy procedures but it also is it is also about understanding what the practical aspect of the law is so when we're talking about both of these i think it's important for lawyers to step in as legal professionals uh, of course we can take up roles as faculty members you know just conducting knowledge based sessions etc which will actually uh, help us i mean require us to impart that knowledge which will be a function of both like the principles the policies which we already know of as well as how we have practically been able to sort of implement this and maneuver around the practical issues for the students to be able to understand what law is um, in a better way and to take that forward then so that would be i, I think at the fundamental level the education uh, the next would be at the policy level i would say so of course again having commercial awareness having uh, an idea about how the laws are changing at a macro level global level as well um would help us in collaborating with say legislators we could also end up having policy papers uh, drafted we could end up lobbying uh, to them in order to again uh, help them also understand what is it that the ground reality is or how is it that we are also perceiving what the draft legislations are maybe play a role um, in that sense and uh, again the last would be i would say for the clients uh, we would be also acting as business advisors because like i said the distilling of the business issue is is what will add value to to them so to be able to appreciate what the short term goals are of the client what the long term goals are of the client we will end up enabling them 
to undertake what their projects are in that balanced way, wherein we're telling them that, yes, the law allows you to do this, but keeping in mind what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what your opportunities are, you could probably take it up in this kind of a manner, wherein the whole structuring, the formation, and thereafter, of course, the documentation would uh, would come into play. Yeah, I can see all your MBA knowledge with your SWOT analysis. Absolutely. Opportunities, threats, competition, that's, that's all of the MBA. You got jobs. it. Yeah. <laughs> you got it there. You got it there. But yeah, I mean, uh, to, to the extent possible, I do try and incorporate it as well. Yeah. Uh, so that, yeah, that works. No, but that's true, right? Because uh, people who are, your, your the clients if right. who, who are mostly either corporates or business owners sure. they understand it this way because they think of it this way right this is the way they they analyze every other aspect of their business with this what uh, mechanism sort of anal- yeah sure, sure okay sure. so we've we've sort of wrapped up Bravo. the of, um, uh, portion of our podcast the last segment is my favorite i ask because i just love uh, listening to the answers i feel like i always take away something very nice Absolutely. from this segment so it's called five four three two ones i ask you five of something four of something like that so five productivity tips uh, that you'd like to give right uh i think the first would be stay healthy uh eat well eat healthy sleep hel- like sleep for the quality time matters um, rather than the quantity um, exercise meditate a little so all of that actually helps I do it try to do it as much as possible but I agree with you it does yeah. I recently started meditation and I'm quite impressed oh, at really. absolutely even I've just started it not yeah. I'm not a very uh, yeah, yeah I'm like also like an infant uh, meditation but infant. It, absolutely but, uh, but it's helped it's helped yeah, very so, and you know I have a coach and all who does like it's mm-hmm. basically guided so meditation and it's really useful sorry go on sorry. no no please no I uh, then of course the second thing is like I like we were discussing again uh, keep yourself informed keep yourself updated with everything that's happening around you as much as possible we have a lot of a plethora of sources you know now that we can just look up go to read understand so that will help definitely um, in terms of challenges don't procrastinate everything may not always be as easy etc but take it heads on and do it it will be done for sure again been there done that to the extent possible uh, at the same time I would say make a to-do list maybe this this is something I should have said first but again that's fine I think make a to-do list because certain times you know you get overwhelmed just thinking about it in your head that okay there are these 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 things that I have to do without actually make you know enlisting them so the enlisting will i think give a bit more clarity of thought with regards to what it is that you have to do and at the same time then give you an estimate of the time that you will take so that you can accordingly prioritize what you need to do and then accordingly take it up so that is something um focus on one thing at a time that's it uh don't again like i said don't clog your brain with you know everything that you have to do because ultimately then that won't be done anyway in real time so you have to do one thing at a time so what books yeah. that you recommend four books now okay so um one would be i would say the secret uh secret's a very nice book ron does um it just i think gives you that uh gives you that learning of you know having that unflinching faith in in the universe to believe that whatever is happening is happening for the best uh that ability to see that it's happening for the best may not be there within us at this point of time when it is happening but that's where i think that unflinching faith comes into play wherein you believe that okay you're not able to see it right now but 
it is for the best so i think that book explains that very well so that is something which is which i really found very helpful uh lenin is another book by cheryl sandberg uh again amazing uh it helps you understand how you know as an individual not just like maybe a man or a woman you can play a role um in sort of trying to gap this entire gender inequality which is happening and unfortunately true at many levels um in the corporate so that is also something the third book i would suggest is uh i'm actually reading that book right now it's becoming by michelle obama it's her memoir um yeah may have uh, again very beautiful explains her life experiences right through her childhood um how she balanced out uh, you know her family her her work as as a professional uh, legal professional as well so that was something uh the other one i would say is how successful people think that is another one uh that's by john maxwell so that actually lays down how you should probably structure uh your thinking if uh, you know success is something you would like to achieve and uh, it talks about putting yourself out there uh, making thinking a discipline more than anything else so you know thinking uh, in a particular way having time set aside for undertaking that exercise of actually applying your mind to what you want to do and uh, again then that resonated with uh, you know the ideals that i was talking about about so the thought i was just thinking exactly that that exactly true. exactly so he he also lays it down like in the same way to say that it's important for you to have good thoughts first uh, then you speak good or positive words and then you implement those good thoughts uh, because unless and until you implement them they're not really going to see the light of the day and uh, i would i would like to quote uh, you know the veteran uh, eddie rickenbacker who was a world war uh, flying veteran so he also said that think things through but then follow them through so it's like you think something but then you have to make sure that you try and follow it if you want to achieve um, success so that's that. lovely thank you because we talk a lot about planning but we don't talk enough about execution and then you realize that uh, a plan is just paper if it's not executed right so yeah that's true follow through following through is more important than yeah planning is important yes you know uh, swami chinmayananda who's uh, who who started the chinmay mission he, he used to say this he used to say plan out your work and work out your plan basically wow. similar yeah 100% 100% yeah. i struggle with that to be honest even though i've heard it since i was a kid but uh, that's used it is it is it yeah. is true uh, true three tips that you'd like to give either current law students or young graduates i think you have a little bit given through the through your I, they would be those they would definitely be those 100% i would say um you know try and see maybe the maybe something which i didn't mention would be uh, in lines of uh, challenges so of course as young students as just graduates um, you will face that little bit of a difficulty in terms of uh, executing work at that point of time because you're not really sure about what you're doing etc so that may happen uh, things may not always work out as you've anticipated them to but that should not be interpreted as a failure on your part i think what's important is you accept that um as a learning and there are takeaways from it so that would then end up making what you do next definitely better so try and perceive uh, you know challenges as opportunities and take them on like heads on like i mentioned rather than sort of running away from them or looking at them as failures 
if they don't work out um then i would say be diligent because as lawyers i think it's very important for us to have that kind of attention for detail with every single word that we use because a, you know one misuse and the entire uh, you know clause can go for a toss or it can change the meaning of what we're trying to uh, convey uh, grammatical errors these small small formatting issues they tend to make an impression at some point in you know the kind of an email that you're drafting or a document that you're reviewing so that could again from the impression wise also create a bad impression i would say with regards to what you're delivering uh, so again diligence is uh, important because also from a work point of view that will help you uh flag out issues because like you mentioned risk is something which is very important to identify so if you have that mindset of being able to filter out or uh, identify issues that will help you then mitigate them in the best way address them as well and of course communication is something which i think is very important for for students as well start off at that level where you know you're developing you're sharpening your reading skills your listening skills as well because right i, I i uh, i'm sure even you might have heard that oral and written uh, is is important for you to have as communication skill but even listening is something which is which is equally constitutive of having a good communicative uh, skill so listening is also important uh, i think they can develop this through all of their committee work uh, public workshops things like that if you you know participate in etc that would help them uh, sharpen it as well so yeah i'm really glad you brought up the listening part because uh, sure. yeah it needs a little bit of patience and you know like slowing down to <laughs> to actually absorb what the other person is saying and that's really important uh, we don't give it we don't talk enough about how important listening is that's um, true that's true two life lessons that you have learned so far in your life that you'd like to share with everyone right i would say one is um, again relative uh, don't self doubt uh, i did that to a very large extent i would say uh, early on in my career um, so you know it's that imposter syndrome which tends to kick in every time you even finish a draft or every time you send something out thinking that okay you know have you done your best if you not is it right is it wrong so i would just say leave that aside don't feed it more into your system uh, tell yourself that you have applied your mind because you actually have because it's a job that you had to do uh, so you've applied your mind you have used uh, whatever resources you had to do that particular job and that's about it and then if it if it's turned out the way it had to create if it's not you always have learnings from it that you can take forward so i say i think that would be one and uh, the second would be again don't ever give up so this is also something which i have practiced uh, throughout um which i would strongly uh, you know sincerely uh, i think urge uh, everyone to to uh, to do as well um you know the way philip knight uh, who is the founder of nike uh, he had actually a conference once um, i'm sure he's spoken about it at many but he asked the audience to uh, stand up if uh, you know all of them worked out uh, say you i don't know if you know the story but uh, yeah if they worked out uh, say once a week and uh, majority of them stood up then he said okay you know uh, now people who work out say twice a week uh, remain standing the rest can sit so quite a few people sat uh, then he asked a follow up question he said you know people who work out say three times a week only y'all stand so more people sat down because the numbers kept reducing and then he finally said okay now only those people stand who run or work out uh, come rain come shine so of course then barely two or three people uh, remain standing so that's when he said that you know uh, it's like 
when y'all are the ones who are running, uh, you will see the slime board, which is below the lamppost and uh, Nike is the one who's going to be with you at that point of time. So it's like, yeah, the, the whole logo about let's just do it. Um, it's more about the doing rather than the ends. So the focus should be more on what you do rather than what you get after you do it. So it's like you celebrate not the winning part, but the doing part. So the means have to be more uh, focused on or celebrated rather than the end. Because if it has to be, it will be. Else it's about the effort that you put in to get there. So yeah. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the ILA Dialogue series. I know I did. I really enjoy speaking to Rashna. So uh, this is just an amazing opportunity for me to just pick her brains a little bit and uh, get to know a little bit more about her story. Keep watching this space. We will be featuring a lot more professionals uh, who are part of the ILA network, the International Legal Alliance network, and uh, for lots more content and legal information please follow the daily lawyer podcast we are available on all uh, major podcasting platforms we're also available on youtube uh, instagram all of the all of our links are listed below so please keep watching and thank you